0: I-N, as in Nancy, G-E-R. Wanna hear some true ghost stories, real monster sightings, and the occasional creepypasta? Welcome. This is the Darkness Prevails podcast, and if you answered yes to the previous question, you've come to the right place. This is the audio library of the Darkness Prevails YouTube channel. Now, lock the door and light some candles. This night will be dark. There are hungry spirits watching us. This world is a strange one. The Wendigo is a terrifying creature that has been seen and told of in many different shapes and sizes. From a whisper in the wind to a flesh-devouring, inhuman creature, the Wendigo's many forms are as terrifying as the following true stories of Wendigo sightings. Yes, tonight I will share with you five real Wendigo encounters to get your night started off just right with fear of a strange pale creature crawling through your window. Beware the Windigo. Number one, Windigo on the Mountain by V-Star. During the summer of 2013, I was living in Arkansas near Mount Magazine with my roommate, Austin. We were avid hikers, and Arkansas is one of the best places for hiking, camping, and the like. So you better believe, we were out there every weekend, enduring the terrain, and enjoying the natural beauty of the place. Then, all in one night, my passion for the outdoors ceased to exist. Austin and I had been planning a weekend to hike around the woods near the base of Mount Magazine, but we had both been pretty busy, then... By chance, our weekends opened up and we were able to set out. We headed out on a Saturday morning and would leave on Monday morning. We didn't work on Mondays. It was all set. Our gear had been prepacked a week in advance. I drove my truck out to a small dirt road where we parked it a bit off the path and locked it up. A park ranger wouldn't be very happy about someone just leaving their truck on the side of the road and camping off the trails and paths but this is what we did. It seemed more natural and exciting that way. Plus, we were away from other campers. That alone made it well worth the trouble. Throwing on our packs and grabbing our gear, we headed into the woods. After walking about an hour and a half in, we settled down and put up tents. It was a bit early to be setting up camp, but a nearby pond had Austin's blood pumping So, of course, we grabbed our poles and found a couple of good spots by the water. It was a very misty day. The sky was quite gray. There was fog rolling over the large pond, almost a lake. The scenery was absolutely beautiful. But all of that serenity was broken suddenly by a crash. It sounded like it came from the other side of the pond. Both our heads jerked up, yet... There was nothing there. Austin went back to fishing and whistling a tune I didn't recognize. But I felt awed, to say the least. It was as if I could feel eyes on me, under someone's watch. I couldn't concentrate on fishing like he could. I know, it was probably a fish that had jumped out of the water, or a rock slipping and falling in. Maybe I was just paranoid. Horror fans usually are. Well the moment we heard that disturbing hissing sound behind us. I knew my fears weren't unsubstantiated. All at once, we jumped, dropping our fishing poles and turning toward the noise. Before us was what appeared to be a very pale, hairless creature on all fours. Though its limbs were similar to a person's, it was the shape of those limbs that confirmed that it was not human. Its arms were impossibly thin and bent at a wrong angle, not to mention they had to be a bit longer than its legs. The nails were disgusting and dirty, sunk into the earth below it. The thing spat its inhuman hiss at us once more before it vanished into the woods behind it. From the time we saw it to the moment it disappeared into those trees, it could only have been a few seconds. The speed at which this thing moved on all fours was staggering. It was faster than I've ever seen any person run, almost like a large dog at full speed. We stood there, staring down the edge of those woods for about 10 minutes, not uttering a word. Eventually, we grabbed our stuff. Obviously, both of us were shaking as we could barely pick up our poles. The walk back to camp was chilling. We walked almost back to back, trying to see in every direction at once. I, personally, have never been more afraid in my life. Back at the campsite, I began packing up my stuff when Austin grabbed me by the shoulder and spoke. What are you doing? What do you mean? I asked, surprised at his confusion. I'm leaving. We're leaving. (laughs) We've been planning this, man. Come on. We should at least stay the night. I glared at him. Are you kidding me right now, man? Did you not see that thing? I don't care if it's three states away by now. I don't want to be here. Dude, don't be a wuss. I could have slapped him right then. We had just seen something out of a freaking nightmare, and he wanted to spend the night. We can share a tent, he compromised. Fine. i laid my stuff back down. We started a fire and tried to take our mind off of things with a bit of badly played guitar music and some PSPs we had brought. Yeah, we loved camping, but we also loved Monster Hunter. Besides, I needed to take my mind off of anything forest-related, and gaming was perfect for that. The night settled down. The fire crackled. Austin began nodding off. I could see him trying to keep himself awake, He must have still been a little bit spooked. We had already gotten inside our sleeping bags in one of our tents. I tried to stay awake, my ears picking up any and every noise outside as I watched the fire cast shadows on the tent walls. Yeah, I know, we shouldn't have kept the fire going, but now more than ever, I think we both needed a little light. I did unzip the bottom of the tent though, enough to see the fire's base to make sure it didn't go out of control. I did not expect to get any sleep that night but somehow I did. I woke up in the middle of the night, god knows how late it must have been. The moment I realized that I had slept, my eyes widened and I sat up in my sleeping bag. Almost immediately I regretted making so much damned noise because there was a shadow cast upon our tent by the fading fire. A shadow that wasn't ours, with heaving shoulders and a grotesque body. Someone outside was crying. I lay back down as quietly as possible, but nylon has got to be the noisiest material on the planet. Whoever was out there had to have heard me, but they didn't turn or leave. They just kept crying, or what sounded like crying. As soon as my head hit the thin pillow my eyes not breaking contact with the shadow. The open portion of the flap revealed everything to me. This was no person. It had very familiar, veiny, pale skin, and impossibly thin legs. That thing sat there, sobbing next to the fire for two or so hours. There's no exaggeration there. I stared at it for so long, trying not to breathe and failing miserably. Minutes before sunrise, the sobbing stopped, and I watched as its shadow hunched down on all fours and crawled away. Austin snored about an hour past sunlight, then finally woke up fully refreshed. I never went back to sleep. I didn't even move until Austin stood up from his sleeping bag and walked outside to pee. Without a word... I got dressed and again started packing everything. I did not tell Austin what had happened that night, and he didn't stop me from getting our things together this time. It wasn't until the quiet drive home that Austin finally said something. Are you alright, man? he asked me. Yeah, could be better though, I replied. I heard you last night, he sighed. What do you mean? I felt confused. Well, I heard you crying last night. Number two, Real Wendigo Encounter by John J Ever since I could remember, I've loved hunting, squirrels, deer. It all started as something my father and I did together. But when he died... I couldn't help but see myself out there more and more. It was his favorite thing, and I was lucky enough to be a part of it with him. God knows I miss him. After this experience, though, I'm scared to head back to those woods. It was a snowy Saturday morning. The sun had just come up. That day I had been hunting squirrels, but the woods were deathly quiet and still. I sat silently under the skeleton of an old oak tree. Whether or not I saw or killed anything really didn't matter. The best part was the beauty. Waking up early and soaking all of it in, it was worth every second of the quiet and the cold. Everything was suddenly stirred to life by a gruff, grunting sound. The noise was similar to a buck call, but so much lower and rough. At first, I thought a massive buck was dying in the snow. Then, it came again, but close enough to make my blood run cold. Whatever it was wasn't dying. It had moved an impossible amount of distance within those few seconds. I honestly had no idea what I was hearing. I did the only thing I could do. I sat still and tried not to breathe. Only moments later, I saw something that has changed my life in the worst possible way. The head of a deer, with a sickly look and eyes with way too much white, appeared from behind a tree 15 yards in front of me. It was motionless. Worst of all, the damned thing was about 9 feet off the ground. I've never seen any deer that tall, and this thing looked like it had just been in a fight and diseased by some unknown plague. It wasn't a pretty sight. But when a clawed hand appeared just below it, I knew that this was no deer. It sounds like something out of a children's book of scary stories, I know, but I wish that's all it was. These bony fingers curved around the trunk of the tree, disgusting nails sliding along the bark. The way its head was angled, it was as if it was staring at me. Instinct took over. I grabbed my gun and ran as quickly as possible back to my truck. I had never run so fast in my life. But somehow I still ran faster when I heard that grunting again. Closer and closer it seemed to come, no matter how far I ran from that place. When I reached my truck, I opened and slammed the door shut. I started it and floored the damn thing. But before I really took off, I made one mistake. I glanced into the woods as if it had been copied and pasted that thing's decaying head and clawed hand were now protruding from behind a pine tree at the forest's edge. I'm sorry, dad, but I don't know if I'll ever be going back there. Blue Green When I lived in Nebraska a few years back I experienced the most terrifying moment of my life And it was all thanks to that damned window Our house was situated at the top of a hill With woods on all sides I'm talking woods only yards away from the outside walls of the house It was gorgeous Probably the nicest place I had ever lived but at night, the scenery took on a most sinister vibe. Let's just say those woods are a place you don't want to be when the moon is full. Anyway, my room was at the back of the house. It was a pretty big room with its own bathroom and closet and a massive window just above my bed. At the time, I enjoyed the window just above me as I slept. The moon was beautiful at night, beaming through the glass, but that peace was all about to change. I woke up from a strange dream in which a weird man had been tapping at the front door and peering at me through the side window. The tapping got louder and louder until it literally pulled me awake. I shook it off and decided I'd get up and grab a glass of water. Picking up a cup I kept on my side table, I walked to the bathroom and ran the faucet. Tap 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 my heart nearly sank it was the exact same sound i had heard in my dream only moments before i quickly turned off the faucet and listened closely tap tap instinctually i turned to that noise and i regret doing so to this day i saw a finger on the glass It was a blur, but I caught a glimpse of pale white wrapping ever so lightly against the surface. It wasn't five seconds later before I saw it again. This time I nearly fell to the floor. It was no finger tapping on my window. It was pointed at the end, dirty as well as pale, not to mention the finger itself was probably ten inches long. It sounds unbelievable. I wish it didn't actually happen. I wish this was fake, but that's not even the worst of it. I could see condensation on the window where this man or this thing was breathing. Slow, steady, calm unlike me. But when it pressed its face against the cold glass, I screamed and screamed, letting the glass of water fall from my hands. Seconds after it shattered on the floor, my parents were in my room, turning on the lights. The thing at the window was gone, but I was still in tears. I told them what happened. Luckily, my father believed me enough to check outside by my window. I begged him not to go outside, but he headed out anyway. My mother held me in her arms, trying to calm me down. A few minutes later, my dad finally came back. I was relieved until I saw how ghostly white his face was. It wasn't until a few days ago that he told me why he was so afraid that night. That's the reason I'm sharing this now, he told me. That he went outside and could see a chip in the glass that had not been there before, and he found a bony, long, too thin footprint. Number four, when to go at the cabin by Fuchsia. Some friends and I back in 1998 had decided to stay in my best friend Nick's parents' cabin for the weekend. If I recall correctly, the place was somewhere on the east edge of Washington. Snow was pouring down the whole weekend. There were five of us in all, me, Nick, Timothy, Julie, and Erica. That Saturday morning, the morning after we had arrived, the two guys decided to do some skiing, though personally, I don't think the snow was anywhere thick enough to do skiing of any sort. The rest of us decided to play with an old Ouija board Nick's parents had hidden away. The thing was so dusty, but everything seemed to be in working order. Erica decided it would be even more fun if we turned out all the lights and lit some candles. So, we did. It was pretty creepy, but that's the fun of it. We didn't have one of those planchette things, so we used a small shot glass. And no, none of us had been drinking. First off, we asked if there were any spirits around. Nothing. We waited about a minute, but nothing happened. Then, we asked if there were any beings here besides us. And again, after waiting for a minute or two, there was no answer. Maybe we didn't set it up right, Erica said. What do you mean, I asked. She gave me this awkward smile. I recognized that smile. She always had it when she had a bad idea. A good idea to her, but generally a bad idea. It made me feel a bit uneasy. She answered. We've got candles, now let's make a blood pact. What the hell, Erica? Julie wasn't happy with her suggestion. What do you mean, pact? I was curious, I must admit. Let's put our blood on the board, she explained. You know, make it more spiritual. I bet you something will answer. It sounded spooky, and I've always been a fanatic for all things creepy, so I agreed to it. Julie, however, was having none of it. Erica and I pricked our fingers with a pen and tried to let the blood drip on the board. We ended up just wiping it on there a bit. I was already regretting my decision. The three of us placed our hands back on the shot glass and started again. Are there any spirits here with us? We said together in attempted unison. Almost immediately, we felt the shot glass move. All of us jumped back when we felt it. We looked at each other, each silently asking the other, Are you moving it? Our blank expressions told us none of us were. We watched very anxiously as the glass rolled over a few letters. N-O-T-H-E-R In my head, I read Nother or Nother and had no idea what that meant. What do you mean? Erica suddenly spoke aloud. We felt it move over the same letters, this time pausing between the T and the H. Not her, I breathed. Erica and I leered at Julie, quickly understanding that it was probably talking about her. She was the only one who hadn't pricked her finger. Julie jerked her hand away from the shot glass with a worried look on her face. Not her... A raspy whisper came from just outside the cabin. Now, Erica and I both jerked our hands away, too. All of us stood, staring toward the wall where the front door was. Not her. It came again, somehow closer than before. I could feel goosebumps all over me at that point. Then came the scratching sound at the door. Nick, stop it, I screamed. He had played pranks on me before. I guess I just ignored the fact that he wouldn't have known what was spelled out on the Ouija board. So why would he be outside whispering like that? Erica, breaking all the usual horror movie tropes, ran toward the door. I ran after her, Julie whimpering behind us. She pulled the door open. Outside, something pale with crazily long limbs scurried away on all fours. We saw it together for about two seconds before it broke into the edge of the woods. The thing was the size of a child, hairless and pale as the snow itself. That's about as much as I saw before it was out of sight. Before I could even think of blaming Nick or Timothy, I saw them, backs against the outside wall toward the corner of the cabin. The fuck was that? Nick was visibly shaken. Timothy just stood there without a word, staring into those woods. We all gathered inside that night, all the lights on and the curtains pulled over the windows. Nick and Timothy explained how they had just gotten back when they saw that pale creature clawing at the front door. They said they wanted to be rational, that this must have been a hairless animal of some sort, but we all doubted that it was anything less than paranormal. I will never again use a Ouija board, and going alone into the woods will forever be out of the picture. Number five, Wendigo sighting in the Woods by Skylar B. This is the first time I've ever seen anything out of the ordinary, and it is by far the most horrifying moment of my life. I used to go hiking on a trail near my home in Tennessee. We lived out in the boondocks, so I was pretty used to the woods. I would always go out for a walk with my basset hound, Flash, every evening, but just the other day was the first time I've ever seen Flash growl and yelp the way he did. We were coming around a bend right next to a small pond that was completely overgrown with thin trees. Suddenly, Flash started growling and barking his head off. I looked to where he was facing, but I couldn't see anything. I kept walking, but he wouldn't follow. Then he started yelping as if someone had kicked him in the gut. Just the sound of him panicking freaked me out enough to back up a bit. That's when I heard something crashing through the woods ahead of us along with the most foul smell I've ever smelled. It smelled like death and vomit. I stood close to Flash and started backing up when something broke through the thick foliage ahead of us. I had never seen anything like this creature before, and it all happened so fast, so I'll do my best to explain what it looked like. It was the shape of a large dog with really long fur, as if the thing had never been groomed. Even the snout protruded outward like a canine but there were sharp fangs hanging from its maw on either side. Weirdest of all, though, there were antlers on its head. The thing honestly looked like a carnivorous, rabid deer, except this thing was far too bulky and short to be a deer. I took off toward my home full speed, glancing behind me as I ran. After the third or fourth glance, the thing must have run off as well, because I could no longer see it. But i didn't slow down for all i knew that thing could have been stalking me i didn't stop to catch my breath until i was home with every door locked i haven't seen anything since then and hope i never do i just really miss going on walks be wary when you're in the woods People see strange things out there every day, and you never know when the things you've heard stories about appear before you and make you their next mill or soon-to-be victim. Well, that's it for tonight. I hope you survived it unscathed. There are things just outside our doors, (laughs) and sometimes there are things far worse in the very same room with you. For hundreds more stories and to hear new uploads the same day they're released, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash darknessprevailsbd. If you have a story of your own, share it with us at darknessprevails.org submit, and you might even hear it on this podcast and on our channel. Until next time, goodbye, Night Watchers.